Hello and welcome to the Curious Sapiens podcast. Today I have the pleasure to introduce my brother Ashwin Vedya. He is an artificial intelligence engineer currently working for Intel in the Netherlands. Today we are going to have a very casual conversation on a billion dollar businesses. So, without further ado, let's begin. Hello. Hi Ashwin, welcome to the Curious Sapiens. Hi, hi. Right, so uh, today, you know, I was uh, wondering and I was looking looking at a couple of business articles and uh, it got me thinking, you know, uh, what exactly is a billion dollar business and how can one actually be in a billion dollar business? And, you know, especially with a lot of people who are contemplating of doing their own startups and eventually, you know, trying to see if they can probably reach, but then you know, when the reality of uh, the business kicks in and when the day-to-day challenges kick in, that is when they realize, you know, that it may not be uh, so achievable. But at the same time, you have these very real examples of people who essentially had nothing uh, initially when they started and then they suddenly overnight uh, in a couple of years, they, you know, turn into these massive uh, mega billionaires so how does that happen and i I, you know i thought this is something that you and me we could discuss today so what is a billion dollar business ashwin so billion dollars the way it's defined is i mean it's your assets and so a lot of people think your revenue has to be more than billion dollars but also there are a lot of companies who have ip and assets which are worth more than um, what is an ip so IP is intellectual property. So say you have a, uh, you know, chip design or like essentially patents. And for music, it's the way it's um, or or imagine uh, works of uh, art or text. Right. So you have if, a you, if you have it. an idea, if you have a certain new mechanism of, let's say, you know, bicycle gears and you have a patent for it, a legal right for it. So that is in uh, uh, that that is a patent, and then intellectual property is let's say you have an idea basically, right? Which yeah. is a very unique idea. Yeah, and uh, I mean, so intellectual property is actually the umbrella under which you have patents. But then your, uh, I mean, if you own rights to a song, so that is also your IP. <laughs> intellectual property so essentially a billion dollar business has uh, intellectual property assets and of course revenue uh, collectively that are worth one billion right that is what makes you a billion dollar business yeah yeah right all right so i have this theory right how does one become a a billion dollar business so i have essentially two ways that you can be a billion dollar business Uh, first is if you have an idea or a product or a service that fundamentally changes the way human beings interact, that's first. Okay. And the second one is when over a slower period of time, you slowly scale up your small businesses, diversify into multiple businesses, and you are basically part of every major uh, service or production or uh, every other kind of stream of business. So for example, Tata's and Reliance and Adani's, which are, which are, present in everything from real estate to production of coffee to garments and to fashion correct but obviously they started from one place right but here's, so here's the thing second... I, I i feel like there aren't just these two um, you know tracks to become like arm is a company which um, you know designs chips and which power the new you know the m series max exactly and... so that falls in the first category correct 
so wait remind me again what the first category was your uh... yeah so the first category is if you have a product or a device or a service that fundamentally changes the way humans being interact yeah but i, I don't think it's fundamental over here i don't think is how fun i mean it's just one of the chips or, or the... fundamentally changes the way technology interact i feel i feel reliance i think what comes is is how how much of a reliance do people have on your product reliance exactly yeah, right so arm never so, sold a chip so it's, exactly it's... exactly so that is what i mean right so for example whatsapp right it suddenly every single person on on the planet relied on whatsapp for communicating and it fundamentally affected the way people communicated with each other correct yeah so so that is what i mean by the first one right so if you have a chip let's say the example that you gave me that fundamentally changes the way the let's say the tech industry relies on on the chip then you become a billion dollar because every single tech industry from laptops to car stereos to maybe you know mobile phones everybody relies on your chip correct so you have fundamentally been a part of every single tech industry right so yeah, your reliance no, like but, you said yeah just there but it's it's a very nuanced uh, area right because right. arm chips they started by uh, just being in your mobile phones and okay. you then said you know it, it fundamentally uh, changed and slowly what people realized is you know what since these are uh, you know low power devices how about we uh, try using this for um, yeah f- Uh, for desktops and actually to be fair i don't know the whole story of you know the origin and the history of this but basically um started with you know it was just few professors of some university who created this design and then who had a patent on it and they like hey how about we uh, license this um, chip understood and- so so what i am sort of understanding from this uh, discussion is that ea you need to have a very unique uh, and brand new idea for which you can get an ip or in uh, or a patent yeah. second uh, so that anybody who sort of uses it then has to pay you royalty for it essentially right or yeah. whatever kind of contract you get into yeah correct or you need to come up with a product or a service that people rely extremely heavily on right yeah or you need to slowly if you have already one business then you need to slowly diversify yeah, over a like, long period of time which is the slowest way of uh, getting to a billion dollars or and also probably the most stable way as well right because um... stable way correct correct so these are the three things that we have identified right now for a business to actually scale up what i've understood is a lot of people they have brilliant startup ideas but they end up the moment they sort of scale up that is where majority of the businesses fail and i have a theory for this as well right so the first theory is majority of the businesses would most probably either scale up too fast or they might lack certain processes or they scale up too slow okay right so i'll i'll, I'll explain this to you so for example uh you attained massive success immediately okay and you sort of 
understood that okay fine the trend is really catching up and we need to really move on from here and uh, you immediately start hiring 20 30 people for a job that can only be done by two people anticipating your you that you're going to scale up but then it ends up plateauing yeah right yeah. so basically you become bloated by that point right yeah. you have yeah. number of staff and you have scaled up or maybe you have acquired some assets that require a lot of revenue uh, that re- that take a lot of cost uh that add cost to your company anticipating that you're going to grow but you're not growing at that rate right so that's one so that that is what i mean by scaling up too fast right second is if you are scaling up too slow so you have reached a, partic- a particular place you have you're getting good business but now the business has started growing really really fast and you are dealing whether it is human resource acquisition whether it is certain assets that you acquire so that is second and third is process deficiencies and this is something that i have personally seen uh, even while i was working in one or two companies where there were very basic processes like just communication between uh, two departments right or just having certain sops in place right okay so these two processes are very important because processes make a manager free right processes is what make a business run when you are there or you are not there right because somebody else can be given that same pipeline can be given all the rules and then he can still execute it's like a manual use the manual if you if that is how you want to look at it right so you can basically give that you use a manual to anybody and say ki hey listen these are the instructions read through it and this is how you're going to do it right so there are processes so just to give you an example you have a finance process you have a human resource process you have so these are also known as business verticals but within these verticals you have uh, pipelines and channels and processes right? right right so this is what i mean so i think for anybody according to me if if first if you have a great idea you need to make sure that you get an ip or you start somewhere and f- a lot of people they actually have great ideas but they don't execute so execution i think at the end of the day is the principal factor right but once you do decide to execute i feel that you need to move in from execution to the phase where you are getting intellectual properties and getting patents and required licenses that's the second step right the third step is to immediately uh, get some measure of success at a basic junior level at some very pre- preliminary level and once you have proved that your business is actually going to do well then a lot of angel investors and everybody comes on board and they can then just help you go up from there right right so according to me this is what i think and uh, what do you think are the odds of somebody actually becoming a billion dollar business oh actually so it, it this is probably something which really depends on the nature of business like we discussed right like in the three fields because these days it's very easy you know you can i mean forget a business you look at a youtube video of how quickly people reach uh, you know thousands of views just because of the uh, population and how people are uh, you know how many people are online so it really depends so when it comes to internet business right it's easier to gain more uh, users just because you don't have to move inventory like you essentially have unlimited supply you don't have transportation cost you don't have uh, yeah you don't have to ship something you don't have uh, 
the cost of infrastructure is just your uh, servers or your uh, electricity cost and the few employees you have. So, and then if I push a code over here, say in Netherlands, immediately it can it's available at the other side of the world. And for say internet business, I, I think you know depending on the kind of businesses, it might be fairly quickly that you you know reach uh, that particular stage, but. I mean, for right. say, right. say you say you have some manufacturing, like something which requires that you manufacture and show some products in a store. So that's right. going to require some more time because you know, it's first right. your local stores have to really, you know, right. have a demand okay, so, for that product. So tell me this, right? I uh, took over a family business that my parents had were running from quite some time a while back. All right. And it's a garment business. All right. It's been running well, but I really want to take it further. All right. And this is where I feel that you need to diversify. So let's say like you mentioned, it's the nature of the business and maybe your business is not uh, sustainable as the trends in the market change and as the human interactions change and as technology integration change. So I think you need to diversify into acquiring more tech. And also you need to diversify your business, right? For example, my theory to this is if you, if you want to really change and some businesses might feel that they are stuck. So for example, you've started a garment business. You're doing well, you've earned good amount of profits. Certain percentage of that profit, I feel you should diversify into some other kind of business, whether it is an online business, whether it is blogging, whatever, whatever, right? Because then that hedges the kind of, uh, it gives you security. It's like diversification of investments. Right. So now you have two business streams that are going. Right. And because of a reliable first business, you can then slowly get a reliable pipeline for the second business going. Right. So I'll give you an example for this. Uh, there was this cafe I used to go to uh, every single day. I spent all, all my college days mostly uh, just dining there. And during COVID, obviously, for a year, I was stuck uh, indoors and a lot of businesses shut down. And later on, I went to this guy and I still find this uh, cafe open while all the other major eateries have shut down. Okay. Correct. So I asked him, I asked him, you know, how did you manage to keep this open? How did you? So this is where he, he told me he had another business, which was online, which was already running. So that gave him that resilience to take that hit, that monetary loss for his second business. So when the market sort of went up, as COVID, uh, you know, situation improved, he was then again able to plug and play. Right. right? So that is what I mean by uh, resilience. And this resilience is diversification not only applies to a business. No, you know, you, the moment you have one business going, you should immediately think of working on a different idea for a second business or a second idea. Right. So this becomes your additional revenue streams. At the same time, it becomes a hedge or a protection against uh, you know, a loss to one particular entity of that business. At the end of the day, profits from both these businesses will be coming to your, coming to you. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then you'll be able to play with them as in, will, as in when you like and as in how you feel. And maybe tomorrow you decide to, you know, cull that particular pipeline. You don't want it anymore. So you can just let it go. You can do that as well. Correct. But at least the ball will still remain in your court. See, that's there. I mean, that's. I think. I think it's a good example of businesses just, um, you know, 
uh, on how they can have resilience but i mean it's still not a billion dollar business and yeah, then i mean say, that say if if you were to give an advice to this person what would you tell this person right so again billion dollar business happens because of n number of factors that go right and resilience is one of those factors right so the way i mentioned having patents copyrights being tech savvy being online is one thing right if your inventories are low if your consumers are completely based out of uh, globally so again it's a numbers game as well right so if if we talk in indian terms and in indian currency if i have something just for 100 rupees right but if i'm reaching 1 lakh people online then 1 lakh people over a period of let's say even 10 years they buy that 100 rupees stuff right i'm instantly going to make 1 cr yeah right. but but would you you would still not be valued at uh, a billion yeah but but this is where it where it changes now with the 1 cr coming in i can then mobilize these this greater economic resource that i have money to scale up to an extent look at what byju's did it understood that education is something that people in india don't compromise on it is very central to the indian values and they stick to that right they stick to byju's right and then they they know that instead of tuition classes where 10 kids pay 10000 rupees i can reach a million kids who are paying 10000 rupees yeah right so that is how they they scaled up and that is how they became billion dollars then they ended up putting their processes in place a sales pipeline a financial pipeline a tutoring pipeline a helpline and then the rest are all just employees you employ over a period of time and then that's how you scale right, right. but yeah with that i think uh, we had a very uh, productive discussion and there are a lot more topics to this that i could discuss but for this episode uh, we will just limit ourselves to this and i shall catch you again we have more ideas to discuss with regards to artificial intelligence and what you have been doing up to with intel and netherlands and all of that stuff but with that this episode comes to an end thank you right With that we have officially come to an end and catch you guys next episode.